Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, before I start, I just want to thank the worship team. Um, that was awesome. Thank you, Maxine. I can't see her, but thank you guys for the worship. Um, there's nothing like having just wonderful worship, which we have here all the time, and it just brings you into the presence. And for me, it really warmed me up, so I just want to thank you. Um, good morning again. Uh, thank you for being here, because... As we know, we could be anywhere, right? But we're here. We're in the presence. We're with one another. So um, bless you and thank you. Um, <clears throat> let's bow our heads. I just want to pray before we go on. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, righteous Father, Lord, we uh, come before you today, Lord, as a people, Lord, that love you, um, that want more of you, and Lord, I just want to say thank you, Father. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this time, Lord, that we can be together. And Lord, we can be together and it's in your name that we're together. Lord, I want to thank you, for, for every heart in this place. I want to thank you for those that are on their way to this place, Lord. Lord, I pray that the hearts, Lord, in this place will be open to receive what you have for them today. Lord, your word tells us, Lord, that let those that have ears, let them hear, Lord. I pray that your word this morning, Lord, that you, that you speak through me, your vessel, Lord. I pray that it will be received on hearing your ears, Lord. And that we'll be encouraged, we'll be edified, we'll be lifted up, Lord, to do your will. Because your will will be done, Lord. I thank you and I lift you up before I speak in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Most of you, if not all of you, will know that uh, I have some daughters. <laughs> and in fact, I have four daughters. I have four beautiful daughters, wonderful daughters. Um, however, it wasn't always like that. I didn't always have four daughters. There was a time where it was just me, my wife, and my beliefs. And if you knew me before 2014, before we had our first daughter, you would know that my belief was very, very strong that I was only going to have boy children. <laughs> no, no, no. I know, it's funny, right? It's funny, it's funny. And uh, I, it, the, the good thing is that I can laugh about it now, right? Um, but if you met me before that time, I was adamant, I was sure that I was having boy children. And I was so sure that I went out to the shops, as you do, and I walked straight past the girls' stuff, and I went straight to the boy section. And I commenced to buy all the lovely bits that I liked for my boy, because I was having a boy. And that's what I did. And uh, lo and behold, <laughs> right? Lo and behold, it was a girl, and then another girl, and so on. <laughs> Um, so today, I'm the, uh, I'm the happy father of four girls, <laughs> and I'm genuinely happy, right? Um, but I, I share that to say that we, we um, sometimes, and maybe more than often, have ideas, beliefs that we run with, um, and we, we, we really believe them down to the core. You know, and, uh, and, and, and then there's a point in time um, that, that we kind of realize that maybe that's not it. Um, and then sometimes there are, well, you know, God willing, a lot of times there are times that we believe things, and it is so. And I share that story because I'm going to go into some, uh, a piece of scripture this morning that I've been looking at, and I want to encourage us in the area of belief and faith and, and, and God's plan for us um, because we have preferences and me, me wanting boys, you know, that's a preference. But are we always in tune with God's will and God's preference? And this is something that as the years have gone by, as my family's grown, that I've realized that we can have preferences and, uh, we must be in tune with what God has for us. 
And that's not just because God is the creator of the universe. I mean, that, that's the main reason, right? But do we want to live a happy life here? Do we want to, as my uncle said, do we want to wrestle with God all the time? Or do we want to be in tune with God? Do we want to be in line with what he has for us? Because we read in the scriptures that he has a plan for us. We read that. Do we believe that wholeheartedly? Do we want to get on board with that? So I'm going to go into some scripture this morning. And as I said, I just want us to all be encouraged that God has a plan and our beliefs must be in tune and look like what God wants for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm going to go into um, Mark, Mark 9 this morning, and you'll see it, it will come up here. And I'm going to read a few verses. Um, I'll start with chapter 14. It says this in Mark 9 and chapter 14, uh, chapter, uh, verse 14. It says, <clears throat> And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes dis uh, disputing with him. Immediately, when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him, and asked the scribes, what are you, sorry, and he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them, with the disciples? Then one of the crowd answered and said to him, teacher, I brought you my son who, uh, who has a mute spirit, and whatever it seizes him, whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples uh, that they should cast, out, cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O oh, faithful generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell, to the, fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, to him, said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw the people coming, running to him, he rebuked the, clean, the unclean spirit, saying to, him, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him and he became as one dead. So, they, so, many, uh, so that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but praying and fasting. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, just to give you some context and a bit of background, this part, piece of scripture happens after Jesus and three of his disciples have come down from being on the mount. And they were up in the mountain and Jesus was transfigured and Moses and Elijah appeared. So three of the disciples and Jesus have now come back down to, uh, from the mountain. And where they come, they see the scribes surrounding the other nine uh, disciples. And they're having some sort of discussion. And where we're picking this up, we're seeing that Jesus is wanting to understand what's going on. So he, in, in verse 14, he comes down and he, 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 he asks them, what are you guys discussing? What's going on here? And then the scribes, you know, these are the people, the scribes are the people that write the law. Some of them are Pharisees and they action, you know, the law and they uphold the law. So they're the people that, that, are, that are 
you know, in the Jewish uh, uh, culture and community that the people are looking to to keep the law. But Jesus has turned up on the scene now and he's doing many wonder, wonderful things, miracles and things like that. And the, the, the scribes, they're opposing him. So they're now not just opposing Jesus, but anyone that follows Jesus, i.e. his disciples. So they're around the disciples and they're having a discussion. Jesus turns up and says, what's going on? So then one of the crowd, they shout out, this is the situation. The situation here is that, teacher, I brought my son to your disciples, we see in uh, verse uh, uh, 17, and his issue is that he has a mute spirit. So I see what's going on. I've seen that you know, you've done miracles. I've seen that you sent your disciples out and they're doing great things. So why wouldn't I, I bring my son to him? Because I want something to happen. I've seen it happen before. I want your disciples to do something. So we're, they're, they're having this discussion now because as we see in the scripture, it hasn't been able to be done. The disciples haven't been able to cast out the spirit. So they're having this discussion. And in my mind, I read this and, you know, I imagine, you know, the scribes are feeling very, very good about themselves. You know, look, 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 you can't cast this out. You've got all this big talk when you're, when, you're Messiah, when your leader's here. You've got all this big talk and now someone's brought their son to you and you can't do anything. So it's, it's a discussion that's happening. But in my mind, I'm thinking it's more of a, Ha ha ha! Kind of thing for the disciples pointing at the um, uh, from the scribes pointing at the Pharisees, uh, pointing at the disciples. Excuse me. So Jesus comes down now and he wants to know what's going on, and then they explain to him, "Your guys can do this. Your disciples can cast it out." And Jesus, in verse nineteen, he says this. He says, "O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you?" Now, it's such a powerful statement that Jesus makes here because he comes down and there's this whole big discussion going on. And he knows, what, he knows the position of the scribes. He knows what they're going to be, you know, what their position is. And when he speaks this out, he doesn't say this, but I believe he's speaking to everyone there, including the, the, the scribes, and saying, guys, you're, you're faithless. You have no faith in what's going on, you have no trust in me. Even though you've seen what I've done, you have, no you, you have no trust. And although the disciples are there, something that when I've been reading this, I've, I don't believe he was directing this statement at the disciples, and I'll, I'll come on to that. Hold that thought, we'll come back to that. But there's a reason why I don't believe he was directing this at the disciples. But to the people that had seen, there was a multitude there, it says, and I'm sure, it doesn't say this, but I'm sure that some of those would have seen what Jesus has done. I'm pretty sure the father that brought would have known something, hence why he brought his son there. Um, and it's at this point that I want to go into the words that Jesus uses here. He says, faithless generation. Now, the word faith and belief, when we look at these words, and when we use these words, sometimes we use them interchangeably. But I want to go into the biblical definition, just because when we go forward, it's going to help us all to understand what the scripture is actually saying, so we don't get our own ideas on top of the word. So, believe in the Greek, it's a word called pistuo. Pistuo, that's the Greek word for it. And the root word of believe is a word called pistis. And does anyone know or want to guess what the word pistis means? It's okay. It means faith. So when we read the word believe, the root word is, it comes from is pistis, which is faith. And believe is a verb. So a verb is an action word. It means we do something. And the reason why that's important, because when we look around, when we look at ourselves, when we read the word, we don't see people that do something contrary to their beliefs. I mean, let's look at our own lives. The things we do show the things we believe. We turn up on Sunday here because there's a level of belief 
that this is the place we should be on a Sunday. It's good to be with the brethren. It's good to listen, hear, study, understand the word. And this is why we turn up. So it's good to understand that believe is a verb. Going further, faith, pistis, it's a noun. And this is powerful because when we read faithless is the opposite of faith. When we understand that it's a noun, we can understand that we can have a positive side of faith, of belief. We can have a negative side of faith and belief. And what, what, what Jesus is saying here when we understand the word, he's saying faithless generation. He's saying faithless that, that you believe You've taken action to come here, to even discuss. There's a belief that something's going on here. The man has brought his son. You believe. But when we go into faithless, he's saying you're, the side of belief you're on is negative. It's a negative side of belief. You're not believing positively. You're not trusting in me. That's part of the de de definition of faith, is you're not trusting in me or the things to do with me, the things of my kingdom. You're not trusting in those things. So that's why you're faithless. He could have said, you, you people don't believe. He could have said that, but that wouldn't be true. That wouldn't be accurate. Because the, the mere fact that they're taking the action, they believe something about what may happen or what Jesus could do. But he's saying it's not happening, oh, faithless generation, because you're, there's, there's what we say now is the, the, the word we're using this, this time now is doubt. There's doubt. You, you, you have belief, but it, your, your belief, it's a negative side of belief. And this is what Jesus is saying here. Um, so, so when we look at the word faith, okay, it, part of the definition of it is trusting. Part of the definition of it is having confidence. Part of the definition is to have uh, a conviction, to be convinced. How many know that when you're convinced of something, Convinced, you will move. You, you will move. You, you will take action. You will take a positive action when you have uh, uh, belief, uh, sorry, faith, confidence. And when you're convinced of something, this is where we get the word conviction. Your conviction, you're all in. And this is what Jesus is speaking here. He's saying, you're not all in, you're not trusting. And this is why we see it, we find ourselves in this situation. Oh, faithful generation. And then they brought the boy uh, to, the, uh, to Jesus. And Jesus did, wants to understand what's going on here. Like, what, what is actually going on? What, what's the um, dispute about? And then the spirit shows up. The spirit shows up. This is what's going on. And it says in verse 20, it says that and when, he, uh, when Jesus saw him, when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. So it showed up. It showed this is what's going on. It convulsed him and then he fell to the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. You know, some kind of fit the boys have. And, 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 it's, and, it's, and it's the spirit, this unclean spirit that has taken over him. So he asked the father. He wants to know the extent now. How long has this been going on? Has this just happened? Like, how, how serious is this thing? And then he says to him, how long has this been happening? And the father says, it's been going on from childhood. So if he says it's been going on from childhood, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, this boy is probably not a child. He may be young, but he's not a child child. And he says, it's been going on from childhood. It's been going on for, for some time. And he explains what happens. It often throws him in the fire. It throws him in the, it wants to destroy the boy. You know, he just doesn't want to sit around. He wants to destroy the boy is what the father explains. And here's something very powerful. Very powerful. Jesus says, look, he says, if you can believe. He says, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe. If you can Take something from your mind, this idea, this knowledge that you have, and take action about it, then all things are possible. Now, 
the reason why this is so powerful is because of what I explained earlier, and this is why it's important that we understand definition. People believe for things, and they believe for negative things. So how powerful is that, what Jesus said? He says, if you believe, all things are possible. If you believe that you can go through your life hurting, that, that can happen. If you believe and have faith that, 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 that the power that Jesus died that we can have inside of us, if you believe in that, well, then that also can happen. And this is why it's so powerful that we understand the definitions. Because we, 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 we read this and we think, oh, yeah, you know, if you can believe, then um, all we have to do is just believe in and everything's going to happen. No, believe is one, one thing. And then we have to put our trust in him. That's the faith part. The faith is a positive side of, of belief. We're going to say, do you know what? We believe. In James, it says, here's, here's a powerful thing. In James, in, in chapter 2, it speaks out about the demons, that the demons believe. This helps us to understand, right? The demons believe, but then they don't have faith in Jesus, though. They believe and they don't have faith, uh, faith in Jesus. They believe, and what does it say? They, they tremble. They tremble with fear. So this is how we, this helps us to understand what Jesus is saying here. Not just, oh, I believe, I attend church on Sunday, and that's, that's great. No, there's more. There's once we leave here, how, we, how much are we going to trust in him to achieve the things in his plan? Like I said earlier, he has a plan. He has a plan, but it's not a one-sided plan. We're involved. And this is sometimes something that I, I believe we miss, that we're involved. We're involved, and, 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 and I told you something, that, that the plan for our lives, for that to be achieved, we're going have, to have to have some faith. We're going to have to have some faith. It's not that, uh, oh, we believe you have a plan. Well, that's great, but we're going to have to have some faith. Amen? Amen. So as we, as we move on uh, from, from verse 23, immediately the father, check this out, immediately the father um, uh, of the child, he cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. This is so very powerful for us in that, what do we do in the presence of God? What do we do in the presence of the Lord? Because I see what this man did. This man was honest. He said, I do believe. There is a level of belief that I have. This is what I showed, I showed up. There is a level of belief that I have. But actually, in, in honesty, there's another level of belief that I clearly don't have. And this is the honesty that he has. And I want to encourage us that, listen, we need to be honest. Like, like there are things that are going to go into the, to, to, to us achieving, to achieving the things that God for ha has for us, to receiving the things that God has for us. Thank you. Right? Right? And, and it's not merely saying, Lord, I, I, I believe. It's saying, Lord, I'm honest. There's things that I need more of. I need, I need an extra bit. And this is, what, this is the implicit meaning of this. That he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. There's something that I don't have. And, and that's okay. That's okay. We're not, not going to have it all. There was a time when I didn't even have the knowledge that I have of Jesus now. There was a time that I didn't have that. There was a time that I came to understand that I didn't have the knowledge. There's a time that I prayed that I would have more knowledge. It's, it's okay. It's okay to, to uh, um, um, come to the Lord and, and, and be honest. That's the wonderful thing. And we're going to go on to see how wonderful this is because, because when we come, what are we, what are we actually saying when we come? When we come and we say, Lord, I believe, uh, help me with my unbelief. Lord, uh, I'm strong, but I'm not as strong as I need to be. What are we actually saying in that? We're saying that, Lord, we need you. We're saying, Lord, we need you. That's the whole setup here. He has a plan and he says, listen, together we can execute this plan. But we have to say, 
that's a wonderful plan, Lord. Why? Because it's your plan. But at the same time, I cannot do it on my own. I need you. That's what this man's saying. So it's not, any, it's not, it's not a, funny, a, a funny set of words or why is he saying it? It's not that. It's clear. He's saying that, look, I do believe. But there's a bit where I need you. Amen? There's a bit where I need you. There's a bit where we need God. And I say a bit. That's not even a good word. There's a, there's, there's a lot where we need God. There's a lot where we need God. And it's prudent for us to be honest. And as we move on, this is the wonderful part that I mentioned. This is it. It's in verse 25. It says, when Jesus saw the people, um, see that people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit. And he said to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. See, here's what happens. When we're honest, we come into agreement with the whole setup. We come in, this man came into agreement. He came into agreement with Jesus. He was honest and he said, look, I can't do this. And the Lord acknowledged that. The Lord acknowledged it. And he said, I'm going to do the work. I'm going to do what, what needs to be done. And, 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 and I want to be honest with you. I have, I have many, many testimonies of the same scenario playing out in my life. Where... <coughs> Where, 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 I'll be honest with you, where I've been trying. Yeah? I've been trying. And then I say, look, Lord, I can't do this. It's, honestly, I can't do this. Show me how it can be done. Step in. Bring someone in. Turn the situation around. That's what it is. Because too often these days, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff, messages that are flying around trying to empower you in ways that in fact are not for us. They're literally not for us. And they're trying to take you somewhere with a full sense of power and you just wind up in a place where you shouldn't be, in a situation where you don't want to be. And we need to be careful, church. We need to be careful of the messages that we're hearing or that we're letting into our households, our ears, our minds, because it, it could lead us somewhere that we don't want to be. The whole setup is that we are not, we, we're, we, we, are, we don't have, we don't have uh, the, the complete power. We need Jesus Christ. We need to call upon his name daily. That's our daily bread. Look, God, we pray, can you give us our daily bread? We need him. This, this is the setup. And we want to be mindful about these messages that are saying, go on. Go on, crack on. Do it yourself. You know, come once a week and come for prayer. That's not it. We need our daily bread. We need our daily fix. You know, and listen, I love the Bible because it has stories like this. And church, this is, these, these, these stories here are not like for us to say, oh, well, it's a one-time event. This is to let us know, listen, there are, there are events, there are things that happen, and there are times when, when we, 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 we need to press into the Lord more than others, but we do need our daily bread. We need him daily. It's a serious thing. Why? Because the messages, the things that are happening out there are happening when? Daily. Not even daily. Hourly. Minutely. They're happening. How are you going to compete with that? Or is it that you're going to wait or uh, I'm going to wait every time till it builds up and it's a big problem? No. We can ask for our daily bread. Praise the Lord. So Jesus, yes, he does. He honors this man's honesty. He honors him. Okay, God wants, 
God wants to honour us, church. He does. And this, this, look, this, 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 what happens here, it helps us to understand, okay, that, that the faith, okay, the faith that we have, the faith that, that, um, that we ask for, you know, this is a gift from God, you know, and this is, this is the wonderful thing, right, is that we can ask, like, like this man did, you know, help my unbelief, help this doubt stuff that creeps in, you know, take the doubt away, fill it with faith, we can, we can ask him, it's a gift, we can ask him for more of that, but church, we do, here's the thing, right, we do have to exercise our faith, we don't sit and, you know, you know, we're filled up and we're asking for more and more, like, we have to exercise the faith, Because the doubt creeps in, right? It tries to creep in, right? So, so, so we got to exercise the faith. We got to push that, uh, uh, push that faith muscle, work that faith muscle. Because yes, the doubt wants to come in. Amen. It does. It does. Verse twenty-eight goes on, and it says. Excuse me, I want to park that for one second. I'm going to come back to verse 28 and 29. I want to say this. If we can get Mark 11 up, uh, please, Sharon. Mark 11, look, it says this. It says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Okay? We spoke about believe being a verb. It's like, listen to this, believe that you have them, believe you have them. What does that mean to us? It means your belief is an action. Okay? Jesus is saying here is that you will not do anything contrary to your beliefs. So start believing for the thing you're asking for. Start walking, talking, acting the way you, according to the things you're asking for, and you will receive them. That's what he's saying. And going back to this father, he believed. He turned up. Start believing for the things you're asking for. I want my son to be healed. We'll turn up. So he turned up. And then what happened? He was honest. He turned up. He was honest. But then he received the thing. Like, church, there are things in, in, in our lives that we're believing for. Um, but we have to turn up. Because belief starts in the mind, right? It comes down to the heart and then it start, we start moving according to that belief. Like, let's not let it just stay in the mind. Like, we want the belief to get us active. We want to be active, don't we? Yeah. Active. Like, like I, I, I look at our pastor, our pastor Rhonda, like, he's... He's an active pastor. He's an active pastor. He, he, he believes that winning souls is a thing we should be doing. So he's out on the streets. Like, I'll say this, look, I don't know if I'm being too harsh, but are we going to render lip service to the whole to what we're doing in the kingdom, are we just going to render lip service to it? Is, it, is that what it's going to be? Or are we going to take action? This is what it is. We've got to take action, church. And this is why I love the scripture, because we see men, we see women that take action. And listen, this is, this is not uh, to point any finger, right? This is for all of us in this place. Like, we've got to take action in the kingdom, for Christ, for the lost. We've got to take action because there's people that are lost, there's family members that are lost, we've got to take action. There you go, that's it. We've got to take action because there's somebody that we know 
probably many people, like in my case, that we know that are not saved. They don't know Jesus Christ as we do. We've got to take some action. Because let me tell you something. Someone took action, that, which is why I'm here. First, the Spirit took action. The Bible says that the Spirit draws you. The Spirit took action, number one. Then my aunt took action. She spoke. She didn't stop speaking when no one wanted to hear. She spoke up. She took action. Bought me books. Bought me my first Bible. Action. That's what believers. So it's not pointing the finger here. We, all of us, must take action in the kingdom. And he says, when you believe, you receive them. You receive the, the answers to your prayer. The man asked, he received the answer to his prayer, that his son will be made whole, that his son will be healed and received it. And I spoke earlier about the demons. Uh, uh, James, it says, it says in, in verse 19, it says that you believe there is one God. And look at it, it says here, it says, you do well. It's good. You do well. But he says, even the demons believe. And they tremble. Like, this should be an encouragement for us. Like, let's not let it stay in our mind. Like, because the demons have got that one sorted out. And they tremble. Let us be people for action. That say, we believe... Right? And we're going to take action to, to listen, to, to see the things of God, see the plan of God come into fruition. That's what we're going to do. And, and here's the thing. I don't want anyone being confused about God's plan as though it's not going to, uh, uh, that it's not going to come to pass. I, I what, I'm, what I'm speaking about here is us, me and you, being part of the plan. That's what it is. Like, do you want to be part of the plan? Or is this stuff just going to stay in our mind and be intellectual? It's got to be part of our lives. So still staying in James. Um, James chapter 2. I'm going to stay in there. I'm going to go a bit... Um, I'm going to go back a few verses. Um, if you can, Sharon, to 14. It says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you, uh, and one of you says to him, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? That's also faith by itself. If it does not have works, it's dead. This is what James is saying here. Like, we've got to be active. Like, we can, we can believe, uh, we can have faith for things. We can have this positive and positive mindset and think all these great things and that's good like your mind needs to be positive should be positive especially on the things of God but James is saying here okay like you're positive right let's start stepping let's get moving because we need to have good deeds like we need to have deeds that are further in the kingdom of God that's the thing. Not just positive thinking. Like that, again, again, one of the things that is out there, you're going to hear it, you've probably heard it, I've heard it, is think positive. Oh, what do they say? Um, um, oh, God, the attraction thing. Manifestation. Well, not manifestation, but, but, but um, uh, the attraction. The, 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 the law of attraction, thank you, thank you. The law of attraction. It's in your mind. And James is saying, listen, you've got to get moving. Right? And, we, and, we, and we see this in the scriptures. 
It's like, again, I, I said this earlier, I don't want us bringing out ideas, our minds, and laying them on top of the word. Read the scriptures. We see it from, the, we see it from Genesis. Did, 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 did God sit with an idea forever? It'd be a good idea to have man. Let's just see. It'd be a good idea. No. He was active. We see it. So we see it from Genesis all the way through the scripture. So we shouldn't be surprised that there's going to be something for us to do. And, 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 and look. You, you will have positive thinking and, and, and these positive ideas and, and this stuff. And then when you start doing it, it's like, well, that's not how I thought it would be. Oh, it was all nice in my mind. You know? Yeah, this is it. Well, this father here, he thought, well, it's great. I've, I've been able to see these guys have done uh, some, some, some uh, miracles. They've, they've healed and Jesus, their leader, heals and stuff. Well, in my mind, all I need to do is turn up and it's, it'll be great. That's not what happened. He, he had to go through explaining his story, okay? Sometimes we don't want to tell about our story. We just want it to happen, okay? He, he, he had to be honest, okay, in, in front of the Lord. Sometimes, oh, Lord, you know my heart, you know my... Speak up. Why don't you want to speak up? If he knows your heart, speak up. This man had to be honest. And then what did he say? With tears, he had to cry. You know, I know women are better at this, but the men, we do, do we cry? Do we cry with one another? And I'm not saying that's a prerequisite, but I'm saying the stuff the guy had to go through, the father had to go through. So this is something we're going to go through, and I know, especially for myself, we have these ideas in our mind, and we play these things out, right? Especially when we're being optimistic, and also we do it on a pessimistic side as well, but with the faith, we make these wonderful stories up. And then when, we, when the, when the uh, uh, rubber hits the road, it, it's, it, it's something quite different, right? But that's fine. See, it's easy to say that here, it's fine. No, but, but the thing is, it's, it, it's fine, why? Because we see, we see the patterns in scripture. We see what we need to do. And it has to be done. Come what may. And I, I, you know, I like, I like what, what Jesus says. He says, like, like, listen, church, we have to count the cost. Like, we have to count the cost of what it's going to take to achieve the plan he has for us, to achieve these wonderful things in the, in, in, in the, in the kingdom. You know, making his kingdom come on earth like is in, is in heaven. Like, there's going to be a cost for that. You know, Jesus paid the ultimate price. We know that, but there's going to be a cost for us. And we, we, we see that time and time in Scripture. And Hebrews 11 says this. Right? It says this, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, to please God. See, it's important for us to understand that the way we think, okay, we think on the things of God. We have the things of God in our mind. We have that positive thing. We have that, that pleases God. We're thinking on the righteous things that pleases God. Why? Listen to this. It says, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. You must have it in your mind, your heart. You must be, at, that's it. You must believe he is. But check this out. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Church, I want to help you here. Is that this? Throughout scripture, from Genesis all the way through scripture. These are not just merely words. They're not merely words. Okay? They are put together in a fashion that helps us, okay? They're, they're not merely narrative. It's a way that helps us. How? It helps us because the Lord has put within his words 
formulas. Formulas of how to do something, how you get from A to B. Okay? They're not called formulas in scripture. They're called principles. They're principles. They're principles. He's left these principles that we know by reading this, how to get from A to B, how to achieve this thing, a thing, a plan. So when we read the scriptures, we must read them. Here's the thing. We must study the word. Read the word, yeah. We must study the word. Why? What are we talking about? Revelation. See, again, these are some words that we throw around. Revelation. Yeah, he's going to reveal things when you study his word, when you, when you relate to him. He's going to reveal things to you in his word about yourself. How's the best way to learn about yourself? Read the word. See what happens in situations in the word. What does God say to you about you? He will reward you for this mind that you have. That mind, a mind of faith. He will reward you. You're seeking him. You're seeking his way. This is what the, 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 the writer of Hebrews is saying here. Is that are you seeking him? Are you seeking his way? Are you seeking the things of his kingdom? In the way you're thinking. As I get ready to close, I want to share a story that, uh, excuse me, that Leonard Ravenhill shared in one of his messages. It's a story of a, a man that was speaking to a, uh, a Chinese scholar. And uh, the Chinese scholar said, uh, what he well, they asked him what he thought of the New Testament. And the scholar, you know, he'd read the Quran, he'd read many religious books, the Vedas, the, uh, the text of the sacred texts of the East, he'd read all those. And the man asked him, you know, what do you find most interesting about the New Testament? And the scholar said, wonderful book. I read it four times. And the man thought he was going to say, you know, I, I found the resurrection of Christ. You know, it's a wonderful thing, like, never, you know, or, or the fact that a woman bared a baby without any human conception, you know. I thought would say something like that. But the scholar said, um, are you a Christian? And he said, uh, yeah, I'm a Christian. And the scholar said to him, wow, you're an amazing person, you know that. And he said, me? I'm amazing? And he said, yes, because when I got to, when I read at the end of Ephesians um, chapter 2, I read at Ephesians chapter 2 that you are the habitation of God. He said, wow, all this stuff I've read, but you have your God living inside you. All the other gods, there, some statue of wood or stone. But your God lives inside you. And he said, wow, you're amazing. And I found this story so powerful in that, do, do we actually know the power that we have inside of us? Like, do we know, church? Like, Jesus said, it's better that I go. Why? Because you're going to be some powerful people out here. But do we know the power that we have? Second Timothy says this. It says in Second Timothy 1, 7, 8, it says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of the power 
uh, sorry, nor of uh, me, his prisoner, but share in suffering at, uh, for the gospel by the power of God. Like, do we know the power that is in us? We have the power of the living God. Like, the reason why I say this is because belief, we have faith in God, but we have the power. It's the power of him that enables us to do stuff. It's the power. The Old Testament says that it's the power of God that helps us to get wealth. Like, like he helps us to do things. It's the power. What an observation from the scholar. He said, wow, you guys, you're, you're amazing because your God lives inside you. Like, we should get excited about that. Our God lives inside of us. Now, nah, come on, church, you're not excited. Like, this is a big deal. <laughs> no, and when we read the scriptures, we see that things are achieved because of the power of God. Again, I go back, it's not us. Like, like church, I don't know, like we shouldn't get confused. Sometimes we do things and, listen, we forget to thank God. Like, we need to thank God. We need to understand, it's God why we achieved, did the thing. Amen. We were able to execute it. Why? Because he, the power is in us. His power is in us. Right? Yeah. Our God lives within us, church. That's a serious thing to consider. Listen, that's a serious thing. Like, we need to accept that. Um, I will share this. I know time's moving on, but I, I just want to I I share this. Um, it's, the last, um, it's the last thought I, I, I've been having recently. Oh, I've had recently. Um, it's just like a, a comparative thought idea, and I'm going to close on this. I promise. Um, and I call it the the um, I call it a chair and a wife. Um, and just bear with me here. So, so it, it's the idea of this that when I first walked in here um, for the first time ever, when I first ever walked in here, um, I thought to myself, "Wow, this is a lovely building." very well laid out, you know, I, I love it. And the next thing I did after having that thought, I went and sat down. And you know, when I, when I sat down, I didn't think about the chair. I didn't think about it, I just sat down. And the thought I was having was this, is that I didn't consider anything about the chair. And why didn't I consider anything about the chair? The reason why is because I have this belief about a chair. I have a belief about a chair that it will hold me up, it will balance, it will do all the things the chair is supposed to do. And that's why I didn't have a second thought. I came in and I sat down. It's a belief that I've had for many a year. And the comparative thing is a wife is that when I saw the woman that was going to be my wife, I had much more consideration. I had much more, I took much more time about that situation. I prayed. I'd never had a wife before. I didn't know what that entailed. So I took time. Um, I built my belief in that area through the word of God, through prayer, through other men in, 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 in God that were further along and had wives. So this comparative idea that I'm sharing with you is because there are things, okay, that we've believed for a long time that are, are good for us. And we can go along and we can do them. And we can get on and we can crack on, as they say. That's one thing. It's like sitting on a chair. You just do it. And there are other things, like a wife, like uh, children, you know, like moving to another country that need more time. 
that need more consideration, that need us to press into God, to understand. Like we don't know it all. We need time. And the reason why I say this is because I said to you that I'll come back to verse uh, 28. And the reason why I just want to come back here is because I said I didn't believe that Jesus was speaking to the disciples when he was saying, oh, faithless generation. And here's why. Because it says in verse 28 and 29, it says, and when he, came, uh, when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Why couldn't we cast out the demon? And he says to them, uh, so he said to them, this kind, this kind can come out by nothing but fasting but praying and fasting. Now, there are some things that we're going to do. There are some kind of things that we're going to do that are not everyday things. Okay? This wasn't what the disciples had done before. This wasn't the same type of demon they cast it out. And I believe he wasn't speaking to them and calling them faithless generation. Why? Because they hadn't come up against this before. I hadn't had a wife before. So it's going to need something more than just making a normal friend. It was going to need some praying and fasting. This is what Jesus says to them. This kind, okay, this kind of relationship is not like meeting your buddy down the road or meeting a guy that you went to school with. This kind is going to need some prayer and fasting. This kind of demon, okay, he says he needs some Prayer and fasting. So I said, church, that this book that we have, it has formulas for our life. It has patterns that we must follow. And when we read the scriptures, we read and we understand what happened here. They couldn't cast it out, no. But what did they do? They went and asked, how? Why didn't it happen? How might we not ever be in this situation again? How might we overcome this? And what does he do? He gives them the answer. He gives them the answer. How might I get a wife? How might I get a new job? How might I do these things? How might I start winning souls? I don't know. It's okay not to know. Don't think because you're in here, you must know everything. I must know how to win souls. Let me not ask. No, it's okay not to know. And this is why we ask. Because there's a pattern. We don't know, we ask. And what does Jesus say? He says this type, this kind, excuse me, can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. I don't know, maybe there's some prayer and fasting that we need to do. Are we trying to get somewhere, do something, achieve something? But all I know is that whether it's fasting or praying, there is a formula. There is a principle or pattern. There are many in scripture. There are many. You know, if I say to you, sow and you shall reap, right? Give and you will receive. There's many of these. Let's dig into the scripture. I always say this. Let's dig into the scripture. Let's pray, be prayerful. Let's heighten that relationship we have with him. Okay? Let's heighten, increase that relationship, broaden that relationship we have with him. And let's broaden the relationship we have with one another. There are people in this place that can help you with something you're dealing with, that can help you with something that's in your mind that you have an idea. There are people in this place, yes, there are. Yeah, there's one body and there are many members. We're all members in this kingdom. Amen? Amen? I'm going to close there. Um, so I pray that, listen, I pray this has encouraged you. I pray that this has given you something to go away with, to action. Um, and overall, I just pray that you're blessed. And I thank, I thank him because it's him that pours out the blessings upon us. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Lord and Heavenly Father, oh Lord, I just thank you. I thank you that, um, I thank you that your word is perfect. Lord, your word has nothing missing. Lord, your word doesn't need anything added, Lord. 
Thank you that your word has been spoken today, Lord. I thank you that your word has been received. Lord, I pray for each and every heart in this place, Lord, that as we go, Father, we can go encouraged and empowered, Lord. Because you live within us, Lord. Lord, do what only you can do as we go into this week, Lord. I thank you. I lift you up. I praise your wonderful name. And in Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Thank you.